0: Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell, and this is Jonah
1: Treeboiser.
0: Welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to
1: service. Each week, we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People sharing ways to improve your life. And today,
0: we'll be talking with author Tony Muso about the hidden treasures of the Hudson Valley. So stay tuned, because we need to do these important messages.
1: I will not touch my dial. <laughs> For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org.
0: Welcome back to Radio Rotary. My name is Sarah O'Connell and I am joined by Jonah Triebwasser. Say hello, please.
1: Hello, please. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that was
0: very obedient. Yay. We're off to a good start. I'm well
1: trained. I'm well trained. I've been married for 40 years. Uh, not necessarily, folks, to Sarah, by the way. <laughs> no, we, uh, I I We, we, bow we love at each the, other uh, deeply.
0: We do. I'm the work wife, but yes. I, I bow at the altar of Ellen Triebwasser. And you, today. Having been
1: married forty years, I'm very obedient. Okay.
0: Today, Jonah, we're going to be talking to our friend and author, Tony Musso, and discussing his Book number two about the hidden treasures of the Hudson Valley. It's always a pleasure to have you, Mr. Tony, on the show.
2: Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here. And I Thank was, you.
0: you know, we were just all talking off mic before before we came upstairs to the studios. Uh, how many cross cross pollinations that we all have in our lives? And of course, you've been a columnist for the Poughkeepsie Journal forever, which I think is
2: yeah, well, how I, I
0: originally st- met you. And I
2: started freelancing with them in 1998.
0: You've been around a few years. Been
2: around. A few years, <laughs> you're, you're,
1: you're writing a column about transportation and commuting. And I
2: do a column uh, about commuting, driving, just the driving commuting. Now that I don't take the train to Manhattan anymore, uh-huh. uh, and I do uh, every Wednesday a column called Dateline, which is on historic buildings and everything. Uh, you know, I love history.
0: Yes, you're a history buff, and which hence brings us. you've written these two volumes, The Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley. And I think we had you on when the first book came out, you and did. And then, right. then we found out that the second book, so we had to do it again. Um,
1: let's dive right into it. Let's just get to it. And let's, let's, let's get controversial. Go ahead. Tony? Yes. One of the hidden treasures of the Hudson Valley in your great book, which has just come out, Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley, volume two by uh, Anthony Musso is the Beekman Arms and the Beekman Arms is not hidden it's right there in the middle of Route (laughs) 9 and Market Street yeah but how much do you know
0: about it except a beer and a burger well everybody (laughs) in this
2: area knows about it but you know what uh I put some sites in the book and and that question comes up sometimes when I do a lot of lectures and everything you know I pass this place every day it's right there a lot of hidden treasures are are hidden in plain view and that's because people don't know the history behind it right and i would guarantee you a lot of tourists that even come up to the area and stay at the beekman arms have no idea that george washington well, speak, actually
0: i was stayed gonna stay there and is the that continental
2: true? Arm, Yes. is that true okay yes and uh well, not only George Washington uh, Alexander Hamilton, Benedict Arnold, um they had a regiment of the Continental Army uh, doing drills on the front lawn during really? the Continental Army. Yes, that's fabulous. and it's supposed
1: to be the oldest continuing operating. It is yeah, you know, a restaurant and in America. One in, of America? The,
2: one in the, well, well, it is. Them, but think. you know, I have a little question, and I I don't know how you know. I'm going to dig into it and try to get an answer. But there's another site in my book called the 76 House, and that right. was built in 1668 as a dining and uh, mm-hmm. lodging well, where establishment. Where is that? Where is that, That is in Japan. Now I could say Tepan, or I can say Tappan. I've been corrected both ways uh-huh. by natives <laughs> up there, but down in Rockland County, and that was built in 1668, and it's still uh, serves lunch and dinner, right. so I don't know, you know, because the you know the uh, Beekman Arms actually originated as uh, Trap uh, Trap Garden's uh, Tavern, mm-hmm. and that was in 1706. So there's still a little gap in there. I have to check into that. That's a little controversy Mm. in my own mind. Well, while
1: we're on the uh, subject of the Revolutionary War, which brings to mind uh, the Beekman Arms, of course, it also brings, and Benedict Arnold, it brings to mind West Point, which has a rich history of the Revolutionary War, and Benedict Arnold gave away the plans to West Point. That's right. And one of the most beautiful structures on West Point is featured in your book, the Cadet Chapel and the Cadet Chapel organ. Uh, when my son was active in Scouts, we went to many interfaith breakfasts at the uh, Cadet Chapel. It is a stunning structure, oh, as is yeah. all of West Point. Yeah. But tell us specifically about the uh,
2: organ. Well, you know, that the organ was installed in 1911, one year after the building was completed. And it was an Opus 1200 instrument that was very, very high end at the time, and it was funded by a $10,000 um, allotment that was voted in by Congress. Now, what happened
1: That's is when $10,000
2: was $10,000. $10,000 was a lot of money in 1911. <laughs> now, the organist that was appointed was a man named Frederick Mayer, and it was through him it became the largest organ. Today, it is the largest church organ in the world-
0: is that right? Yeah.
2: And the reason was that he always wanted to enhance it, even though it was quite a, quite an organ to begin with. And so what they did was he came up with an idea to do community concerts to raise funds on Sunday afternoon, but more important, over the next 40 years they were taking um, donations from families of people that went to the West Point Military Academy. So from the earliest one is a cadet that was there and served in the War of 1812. And his family funded this large expansion of the pipes and the organs. And uh, in 1950 uh, to 1913, more than twenty three thousand five hundred individual pipes were added to that organ, wow, and that's why it's the largest church it's, organ it's in so the world to listen to it so it keeps on it
0: it just keeps on growing it's so yeah. yeah, speaking of West Point there we go to uh uh an annual um Rotary function every year at the Officers Club. They they graciously open that up yeah. for us for uh, brunch that, that for we have. For our Rotary Foundation. For our Rotary Foundation. Speaking of churches, when I was reading your book,
1: I <laughs> the saw— The Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley, hidden- which, by the way, Tony, how can people get a copy?
2: Well, they can either uh, they're on Amazon.com, or they can go to my website if they want a, uh, you know, a signed copy either place, uh, and that's www.mussobooks.mu dot Say that one more time www.mussobooks.com. Musso books.
1: And folks at home, get a pencil and paper because we'll have Tony repeat that in the second half of the show. So, Miss Sarah. So, back to my
0: church. Let's. We're (laughs) on. We're in another part of the Hudson Valley in Amenia Union, New York. Yes. Along the Harlem Valley, and um, Saint Thomas Episcopal Church, um, which was established in 1848, and it is an Upjohn church.
2: Yes, Richard Upjohn was the premier church designer. A lot of people know him for Trinity Church in In Lower Manhattan. In New York City. And there's a very interesting connection between Trinity Church and St. Thomas Church because Trinity Church supported them with a lot of financial support when they needed it and Mm -hmm. helped them get the garden going in recent years. Uh, But, uh, you know, what's really interesting about St. Thomas is that is a church that the congregation built.
0: Yes, because
2: they really all came together. So one did the brickwork. One haul t- timber in from Connecticut to put the rafters up.
0: Mm-hmm. And actually, one of our um, our senior um, members of the church remembers when she was a little girl that the congregation actually met at the Grange, which is right around the corner in this very yes. historic intersection called Hitchcock Corners in Amenia. And and um, then and she remembers you know stories stories sure. about. Uh, about things happening um, so we want I wanted to bring attention to this because I don't know if you're aware that we've been in a um, three it's over three years now a restoration project on the church literally from the ground up right to yeah. restore it. Um, it it of course it's it, it it's sports, are one of the prides are two Tiffany windows.
2: They're beautiful, too. And you know, that, that, that is I've worth just the drive-by,
0: yep, yeah. to see it. And um, the outside uh, of the church, the inside of the church, everything, the the bell, it's all been restored.
2: Yeah, it's just beautiful. I've passed there recently uh, because, uh, like we were talking earlier, right at the other side of that road, the road, road, is a very historic road. That's uh, right. There's a chapter in my book on Troutback. Which is, believe it or not, where the NAACP was founded. Yes. Between Joel Spingard uh, and, and his college uh, friend. But uh, I pass by that church often when I'm in that area, and it's just stunning. It's a
0: beautiful ride. And the Leetsville thing is, Road. too,
2: that, you know, I, I stress at my lectures all the time, my presentations, the vast majority of sites in both Volume 1 and Volume 2, combined 110 sites, are either free. You know, you can go into that church and see the stained glass windows. and everything. It's free. There's no charge. You
1: know, one right. of the great things, Tony Musso, about your two books, Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley, Volumes 1 and 2, is that every chapter starts out with a photograph of the the site, a beautiful photograph taken by you. And also, you've got all the information about the uh, visiting hours and phone numbers and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Uh, so if people want to get a copy again, let's have your uh, website.
2: It's www.mussobooks.mu.s.s.o.b.o.o.k.s.com, and uh, there's an online store there. There's also many of the, you know I have a number of the pictures on the site from each volume, so you can actually take a look at these pictures. There's Quaker meeting houses. There's the 1861 Borden's milk factory that supplied milk to the oh, Union soldiers during World War Two. And where
0: is that located? <laughs>
2: World War One, excuse me. Yeah.
0: World War One. Where is that located? <laughs>
2: Um Scratch World War 1 Civil okay. War Civil War 1861 Uh-huh That is located in Armenia too it's in the hamlet of Vosayik
0: Right, right.
2: And uh, that's a very walkable community. There's a lot of historic structures there, but uh, it's a very historic part of Dutchess County up there. I'll no. quit
0: I'll quit trying to drag <laughs> it back to I Mean You haven't been a
2: resident
1: there
0: okay. for 21 years. So. Now, Tony, you
1: mentioned that you do lectures. I've had the pleasure of sitting through some of your lectures. Uh, can people find, uh, book you for a lecture on your website?
2: Yes, absolutely. On the front page, the home page of my website all my lectures are there, my email is there, and you know they just get in touch with me, get, give me a phone number, and I'll call them back. I'm actually booked, I'm very blessed, I'm booked out to December 3rd already oh, of fabulous. this year uh, when I'm doing a double presentation for the Vassar Institute.
1: You know, we're going to find out more about uh, the Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley with uh, author Anthony Musso in just a moment. But first, let me remind our listeners they're in tune with Radio Rotary on the air and around the world by podcast on iTunes and at RadioRotary.org. My name is Jonah Trebois, and my co-host is the pride of Amenia, Sarah O'Connell. <laughs> our very special guest, Tony Musso, author of Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley. And Sarah, who brings us the treasure of Radio Rotary this week.
0: Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is sponsored by JGS, your essential partner for all of your accounting and business consulting needs. Call them at 845-692-9500. And by Salisbury Bank and Trust, your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Visit them at salisburybank.com. And by the featured Rotary clubs of East Fishkill, Fishkill Goshen, and
1: Highland, New York. And we'll be back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages. Salisbury Bank and Trust offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services.
0: With locations throughout the tri-state region in Dutchess County, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts.
1: Salisbury Bank is your personal bank in your community.
0: Making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Check us out at SalisburyBank.com That's SalisburyBank.com
1: Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC an equal housing lender Salisbury Bank, enriching
0: To 9, or visit them on the web at www.jgspc.com.
1: Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, your essential partner in business.
0: Hi, welcome back to the second half of Radio Rotary. I am Sarah O'Connell, joined by my co-host, Jonah Boisser, and we were talking to our friend and author, uh, Tony Musso. He has just released or just published volume two of The Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley and we always just we always run out of time this is these books are so great well we were just downstairs um, with our next um, Next friend next week's guest Lou
1: Trippani of the Center for Performing Arts
0: talking to him and I had a copy of the book Jonah has a copy of the book and Lou started leaping through (laughs) it he wouldn't put it down we just left him in the lobby it
1: is it's a great read welcome back Tony Musso and uh, one of the most fascinating chapters in your volume two of Hidden Treasures in the Hudson Valley is about Dapplemere Farm. And tell us about the unique historical aspect of this.
2: Well, you know, in 1944, for the only time in the history of our country, the Democrat and the Republican candidates for president not only came from the same state, but came from the same county, Dutchess County, Uh, Franklin Roosevelt, sitting president, came from the most eastern part of the county, right along the Hudson River in Hyde Park. And Thomas Dewey came from the most western part of the county, right on the Connecticut border in Pauling. Uh, And how he came to buy this farm, which was a, a cattle farm operation, and Pauling was that, you know, he became a special prosecutor, ga- got great fame from going after the mobsters. He was a, a racket, racket, yes, buster, yeah. racket buster. Yes, racket buster. And then he became mean, uh, district buster? attorney going after the mob. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah, ra- oh the as in racket. Okay, right, the right. rackets. Okay, yeah, gotcha. he did play
2: tennis. <laughs> okay, well, I just want to clarify
0: <laughs> for our listeners.
2: <laughs> but uh, but then he became, a, um, then he became the uh, district attorney in New York, and he became very famous. and so he was hobnobbing with a lot of pretty famous people and uh, on Quaker Hill uh, the catalyst for getting him up there was Lowell Thomas huge broadcast journalist and up there he became friends with Edward Amaro Dr. Vincent Peale so he bought this operation and he just loved it he would Mm -hmm. stay in the city in an apartment all week and he would come up on the train every Friday night and spend uh, you know his weekends and then when he retired from office he uh, he just lived it there. It was uh, Dapplemere is a beautiful place. It's uh, he moved there in the 1930s, the late 1930s. And Dapplemere is an 1860 Greek Revival home. It's a 5,000 square foot home. Is it wow. open to the
0: public? It's is not. It a it's private. Pro- home? That's a
2: privately it's owned still property. Private. But okay. you can get very close. You know, you, the road is very close to the mm-hmm. the home, and the, the, you see the cattle out in the. You know, still a working right. farm. Uh-huh. Probably, uh huh. Probably. Yeah, I'm sorry, but probably
1: one of the most or the most unique um, entry in your book, Tony Musso, Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley is the Elephant Hotel, which had nothing to do oh, with the circus.
2: What a what, what is that oh, all about? Oh, that's great. Is well, that, it, that's
0: Somers, isn't it? Well, it, it? really yeah. did have to yeah. do with the... Uh, yeah, it what does. Happened it links to it, Hackelia I think.
2: Hakaliah Bailey built that in the 1820s. As in, as in Barnum and Bailey. As in Barnum and Bailey. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And how he, he built this hotel, and he got an Asian elephant... Uh, And he named the elephant Old Bet, B-E-T. And he originally got the elephant to work on his property. He owned a huge amount of property. Well, he got this bright idea. Gee, Asian elephants aren't native to Westchester County, New York. (laughs) And I wonder if people would come out to see Old Bet, if I brought him on tour, well, they came out in huge numbers. Always the
0: showman. That
2: inspired him to get more exotic animals. And before you know it, he had a traveling menagerie show. Well, getting back to this building, he became so famous that in 1835, all the leading circus owners met there Mm -hmm. and formed the Zoological Institute, laid out 13 separate circus routes, had a board of trustees. So the circus, the American circus, was born in that building. And it's, it's a very, very, uh, very important uh, part of the early American circus in this country. But what's really neat is 1927, uh, the town of Soma purchased the building. It's still Town Hall, but the third floor is a museum of the early American circus. It's administered to by the Historical Society. That would be open to the public. That's open to the public just on certain days because Historical Society is a volunteer. But I give the website and the phone number and the address.
0: And there's a statue, isn't there? There's an elephant. In
2: 1827, he really was fond of old Bet because he felt that's what got him into this industry uh-huh. so he commissioned a statue of him and it's been out there since 1827 in front uh, of the building and, and
1: you can't miss the building because it got big letters that say the elephant hotel out front
2: he painted that on right after they established the zoological institute because he was so proud it happened in his building mm-hmm. oh that's an iconic building
1: <laughs> another <laughs> another hidden treasure of the hudson valley uh, highlighted by tony musso in his uh, volume two book of the series uh, has to do. We were talking about uh, Tom Dewey and uh, busting the rackets. It has yes. to do with uh, the um, distilleries and. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: this is one of my favorite stories. You know, well, Elliot Ness. Yeah. Well, let's make a
2: date. Yeah. well, let's make a de- date Legos. in the fall for the three of us to visit that site okay. together. Here's the story. In because the 1930s, you, you can it's called... You get into it? Well, you can- he, you're going to be able to get into well, let's it. tell what it's it called where it is. It's yeah. called Harvest Homestead Farm. It's on Ryan Road. It's one mile outside of the center of the business district in Pine Plains. If you know where Sissing House yes. is, it's one mile west of there. It's on a very quiet road. And in the early 30s, it was purported to be a turkey farm. What it really was, was one of the most elaborate underground distilleries of the Prohibition era, run by Dutch Schultz, New York City mobster. And uh, and so what happened was he he went up to Hudson and he visited Lucky Luciano's bootleg distillery and he said, this is a great idea because we're out of the public eye in New sure. York City, make the alcohol Rule and ship it al- down. rural New York. Well, Pine Plains police were not completely stupid <laughs> and they saw this large number of trucks going in and out of the property every uh-huh. day. And by the way, it wasn't November, so why are the turkeys right, leaving exactly. in such large numbers? Uh, Well, they raided and raided and they couldn't find it. They were raiding all the outbuildings on the property. Little did they know they were walking on top of the distillery. Well anyway, fast forward, they they found out, they, they busted them, broke all the equipment. Two years ago, the grandson of the current owner of the farm was intrigued with the history And so he and a college buddy, believe it or not, have rebuilt the distillery. This time it's legal. They got a license. (laughs) Oh, is that right? They're making bourbon. And now they're taking it one step further, taking a lead from all the wineries in the area. And they're putting big doors in so you don't have to do like Tony. I had to climb in one of those (laughs) three-foot holes in the wall. The secret entrance. Yeah, the secret entrance when I was was doing the chapter. They're putting big doors in. And now you're going to be able to go in, take a distillery tour... Taste the bourbon and buy some if you want. Oh, isn't that a great story! And the story. name of the company is Dutch Spirits. Okay, Duchess Spirits. It starts when the tours. They they were estimating September October. Oh, so good. it's going to be perfect. We're going Well, Pine
0: plan- Plains is such a little pocket. Uh, yeah. The whole oh, town yeah. is wonderful. I mean, you have Ronnie Brook uh, Dairy there. Yes. Um, with all of their their um, products, their milk, their yogurt, their che- and then you've got. Chase cheeses, their are artisan cheeses there. Now you're going to have have this distillery. And
2: don't forget the Stissing House. That's a famous, that's a historic uh, business, too.
0: That the building the is? The old
2: tavern, and yeah, yeah, very, very big history. Great food, folks, by the way. Yeah. Plug, plug, plug. Now-
1: Tony Musso is here with us. He is the author of uh, Two Volumes of the Hidden, Treasures of the Hudson Valley. And again, Tony, if people want to get a copy of the book, how do they get to we'll go about that?
2: Well, they can go to my website, www.mussobooks.com. Uh, I have an online uh, site. Uh, you, when they mail in, they could let me know if they want to inscribe to anybody. Oh, I'd be happy be lovely. to inscribe it and sign it. Oh, believe me, uh, the months of September, October, and November, I'm signing Happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas <laughs> about every other book. <laughs> uh-huh. So it makes a good book because they're written to be day trip books. Uh-huh. You know, they're very easy to find these sites.
0: So quickly, because we don't have a lot of time left. If we jump across the river, but, uh, Sagerstock, I call it, between Woodstock and Saugerties, is is a natural amphitheater called Opus 40.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. That was built uh, Harvey uh, fight was the man that created the Fine Arts Department at Bard College in 1933. Five years later, he found an abandoned limestone quarry in in Sorghettys, and he bought it because he was an artist. He wanted Mm -hmm. to do an outdoor sculpture garden. Garden. Well, he built an absolutely gorgeous outdoor sculpture garden And uh, unfortunately, uh, did you know why it was called Opus 40? I forget. Tell our listeners. They kept telling, you know, people were after him saying, Harvey, you have to name this. This is beautiful. And he said, you know, I I don't need a name. It's just enjoy it. And they kept pushing him. And he said, I wish I was a composer. They write these beautiful pieces and they Uh name them Opus 1, 2, 3. (laughs) Uh So he called it Opus 40 because he thought that was how many years he would need to complete Complete his goal.
0: And... uh, there are concerts. People people have concerts. There's presentations there. You get wedding
2: there, s- there uh, sometimes. It's a
0: beautiful site. Visit it. Again, it, these are free.
1: Tony Mosso, in, well, in, the, in the 30 seconds we have left, we've got to get in. The Ritz Theater and how that started, I Love Lucy.
2: In 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay. I love Lucy. Uh, the Ritz Theater is a very long history starting in the early 20th century. But in 1941, a very nervous and very young actress who had just gotten married was making her stage debut on that show. And she was so nervous, she took her newly married husband on the stage with her. He was in entertainment. They did skits. They did comedy. They did song and dance. Based on the reception, they got, the both of them, at that show, they went home and wrote what became the I Love Lucy show. And it was, was Lucille Ball and, and Desi, Desi Arnaz.
1: fantastic. Give us the website one more time so we can all get copies of Hidden Treasures of the Hudson Valley. Tony Musso.
2: www.mussobooks.com
1: Tony Musso, thanks so much for joining us. Come back oh, for Volume thank 3. thank you. Absolutely.
2: I'd love to. Thank and you. Sarah? And it's a
0: date, Pine Plains <laughs> Distillery. Yeah, the three of us. We're on this fall. <laughs>
1: so, Sarah, who brings us Radio Rotary this week?
0: Well, Jonah... Radio Rotary is sponsored by JGS, your essential partner for all of your accounting and business consulting needs. You can call them at 845-692-9500. And by Salisbury Bank and Trust, your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Visit them at salisburybank.com. And by the feature clubs of Hyde Park, Kinderhook Tri-Village, Millbrook, and Nanuent, New York.
1: For my co-host, Sarah O'Connell, our engineer, Jay Verzi, and our producer, Sue Glary, this is Jonah Trebowasser. Thank you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week at the same time for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, radiorotary.org.